Welcome to the Finances Podcast, a podcast dedicated to real life practical advice on how to improve your relationship with money. I'm your host, Dr. Darla Bishop, your big sis who's going to guide you through this process. This is a special mini series introducing you to the topic covered in my next book, How to Afford Everything. The book comes out on December 12th, 2023, so make sure you mark your calendars. I know money can be a hard topic to talk about, not as fun as travel or food, or the latest tea with your best friends. But we will get to that in a minute. Besides, it's easier to go on vacation and buy the food you like when you have money. So what even makes me qualified to talk about money? I told you I'm a doctor, but what kind of doctor? I'm a public health doctor. You'll hear that come up a few times in this podcast. But really what it comes down to is I like money. I like having money. I like being able to use money to solve problems, big, small, medium, for myself and for other people. I've been learning about money my entire life and have read more than 100 books on money management. And I coach people on how to manage their money. So if you're under 40, possibly come from a disadvantaged background like I did, but now you're making your own money and you want to do your money better, this podcast and my upcoming book is made especially for you. Are you like me where you are juggling multiple things, your career, your family, Maybe you got some student loan debt, and because we're in 2023, those payments just turned back on. Maybe you really want to buy a house, or you have aging parents that you're worried about, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to do it all and in what's the right order. This sounds like you, or even somebody you love, keep listening. Money is fun, real fun, when you know what to do with it. So that's why I'm here. I'm here to teach you the ins and outs of slaying your dollars and building what you want from your life. Navigating budgets, making it rain with investments. I promise if you stick with me, we'll laugh, we'll learn, and we'll figure out how to conquer your money issues together. Let's face it. Being able to manage your money is the key to affording everything you need and a lot of the stuff you want. Having the ability to do what you want, when you want, and to plan a vacation to wherever it is you want to go with the people you love. See? I told you we talk about travel. Anyway, this special mini series is introducing you to the topics covered in my new book, How to Afford Everything. This book was written with love. And if you put in the work, which is not always easy because looking at your stuff, and we're saying stuff because you might have your children listening with us today. We are family friendly here at Finances. You will transform your relationship with money and find joy around your financial situation that maybe you didn't know you could even have. Pre-order start on Halloween. So get dressed up and use the special code Halloween 50 to get a discount on your pre-order. The book will be fully available on December 12th, just in time for the end of the year holidays and setting up your New Year's resolutions. You can buy one for yourself and give the gift of financial know-how to someone you care about. Maybe even somebody who owes you money. It's a nice way to give a hint. All the information about my book can be found on my website, DarlaBishop.com. Please consider signing up for my newsletter too, so you can get additional information, tips, and reminders about the book launch. You can also follow me on my socials at my underscore finance I have a little fun here, so let me spell that for you. It's my underscore F-I-N-A-N-S-I-S. Get it? Finances, but with assists, right? Because that's me. I'm your big sis helping you figure out your money. Okay. 
on to the first chapter of the book. In the first chapter, I ask you, how does the word budget make you feel? So let's sit in that for a minute. Budgets. 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 <laughs> does it make you feel like you have control or does it make you feel like you're in jail? Regardless of how it makes you feel today, let me tell you, you need a budget. Everybody does. The U.S. government does. Your mama probably needs one. Hopefully, after today, you'll remember, and let's say it together, so I'm going to say it twice. Budget is not a bad word. One more time. Budget is not a bad word. Good, good job, good job. You did it. A budget is a tool that can empower anyone, especially you, to make the most out of your money. Think of it as your GPS, telling your money where it should go. Also, a budget isn't all about restricting. The budget Nisa Tiffany Aliche in her book says, look, your budget is actually your say yes plan. It will help you figure out where to get the things you want and how to get them. So how much does it cost you to live? Would you believe that most people can only answer this question with something like, Mm, more than I make. Let's, re let's rewrite that answer right now. So budgeting begins with first knowing what it actually costs you to live and how much money you have available to pay for those costs. So if you don't currently use a budget, your first homework assignment, so I'm a professor, right? You get homework in this book. It's good homework because it actually helps you learn something and get your money together. So do the homework. Back to the story. So your first homework assignment is to look at how you spent your money over the last three months. I'm not giving you some rule that doesn't work for everybody, like the 50, 30, 20, or the 90, 10. That's not the point here. What I'm telling you to do is pause, actually look at your money, whether that's bank account statements, your Venmo feed, or your credit card bills, to figure out where your money actually has gone over the last 90 days. Because until we know how you're using the money you have and don't have now, it would be foolish and a waste of everybody's time for us to give you some out-of-touch ratio or percentage to follow. We don't know your life, but the reason I'm telling you to do this is because, for real, you might not either. So here's how you do it. First, calculate your net income. Net. Net. So you start with what you actually bring home. So this is what gets direct deposited in your bank account because I don't know any companies that now are actually sending you home with paper checks. So this is what actually comes into your account after your taxes, retirement contributions, if you're making any, and other things that you might be paying out of your paycheck through your job. Then you're going to write down your fixed, variable, and other expenses, including anything you're paying towards debt that you owe. Now, based on how much money you spent in the last three months or 90 days, there is a worksheet for this in the book that you can use on regular, regular paper. Now, why am I telling you in 2023 to pull out a piece of paper to do your budget? First of all, because we interact with electronics so much, there is something special that happens when you actually get a piece of paper and write it down. There is something about the brain-body connection, especially for something that can be as sensitive, nerve-wracking, or anxiety-producing as looking at your money. So pull out a regular sheet of paper or print the worksheet from my website so that you can see it in black and white or purple if that's your favorite color 
In fact, I encourage you to get a fun colored pen or marker to do this. After step two, where you wrote down your expenses, pause and ask yourself. And again, you might feel silly doing this, but it's one of those things that works best if you do it out loud. Self, do I have any expenses coming up that might not have fit neatly into the fixed or variable expense? Do I have any celebrations that might require me to go get a new outfit? Do I have to go get a new wig installed? Do I have to buy a gift, even though I maybe don't like that person that much? Do I have a bill that I usually only pay like once a year, like my car inspection or the renewal of my software licenses because, you know, I got Canva Premium? Am I traveling for any reason, right? Don't forget to write down the things that are coming up that are not your usual fixed or variable expenses, but do cost you money. Here's another thing about writing down your expenses. So when you write them down, it's really important that you round up a little. So if you have a bill that normally costs $22, go ahead and round it up to 25. But when you're writing down your income, round down a little. Here's why. While it is helpful in some ways to be precise, It's a little bit easier in your brain if you put a little bit of a cushion in. So that way you have a little bit of, oh, shoot, again, family friendly, a little bit of, oh, shoot money, right? Like, okay, so yeah, $3 from here, $10 from there might not seem like a lot, but it might be just enough to help you avoid a fee against money that you didn't have in the first place. So when you're writing down your expenses, especially if you looked over the last three months, like because you're going to do your homework, do take the time to round up for the expenses and round down for the income. Now, once you do the math, here's what we're going to figure out. Is your income number bigger than your expense number? If so, congratulations, you're a winner. You have money to put towards some long or even short-term goals. Now, if your income number is smaller than your expense number, congratulations to you too for a different reason. You're probably, why is this lady telling me, congratulations, she just told me I'm broke. I mean, I knew it, but she told me on a podcast. Well, I'm telling you congratulations because guess what? Now you know, and you can do something about it. You can figure out whether you need to cut expenses, increase income, or my personal favorite, both at the same time, do both of them. And you know exactly how much you actually need to close the gap. It's way easier to make a plan when you know what kind of gap you have to close. If you have just been out here like, man, I don't know what's wrong versus now, okay, I'm $127 short every month. Guess what's easier to solve? Okay, now that you're back and you know how much it costs you to live and whether the income you have today is more or less than it costs you to live, it's time for us to make some goals. Having a clear sense of what you want to achieve is one of the first and most important steps to making your dreams a reality. It's like setting the coordinates for what can be a thrilling journey. And without them, you might end up lost and aimless. So what is it that you want to accomplish? Do you dream of a comfortable home filled with everything you need? Are you passionate about a certain cause that's close to your heart or that helped you at some point in your life and you want to give back? Maybe you want to start your own business or travel the world. The beauty of financial goals is that they can be as unique as your fingerprint. Now, financial goals do come in about two flavors. Short-term and long-term. Short-term goals are like the appetizers of your financial journey. Quick wins that help you see you're on the right track and keep you motivated. 
Long-term goals are the main course that require patience, discipline, and a sprinkle of delayed gratification. Now, your short-term goals might include building that oh shoot fund we were talking about earlier, paying off a credit card, or taking a vacation. Now, if you have kids, that vacation is really a trip, but you get the point. They're the goals that you can achieve over the next few months or maybe years. Long-term goals are the grand visions that you have for your life. These can involve buying a big house, the one where you can host all your family and friends for celebrations and holidays, or funding your children's education so they don't have to deal with student loans, maybe even achieving financial independence so that you can decide when, whether, and how much you work for other people. But these are the goals that take time, careful planning, and usually involve substantial investments, and not just in things, but yourself. So now that you've thought about your aspirations, it's time to turn those dreams into tangible targets. Let's make it real. So we're going to break these down to SMART goals. You've heard of SMART goals before. If you've been in any high school class, you know what SMART goals are, right? So SMART is for specific. This is where you clearly define what you want to achieve. So instead of saying, well, I want to save money, hear this all the time, you specify, I want to save $5,000 for a down payment on a car. And you need to make this goal measurable. You're going to establish a concrete metric to track your progress. An example might be, I will save $500 every month for 10 months or $250 every month for 20 months to get to the $5,000 I said in my specific goal. The A is for achievable. This is where you ensure that your goal is realistic and attainable within your current financial situation. So since you did the homework in the, from the first part of this podcast, you know by now how much you can actually set aside towards a goal like getting a new car or changing where you live. And so making sure that it's relevant is also important. This is how you make sure it's in line with your values and priorities, that it's pursuing something that actually matters to you. If you're going out to get a new car just because you want a new car, maybe that isn't as important as something else that you said is a goal of yours in the next two, three, or six months. And so thinking about whether these are the right goals for you based on your priorities. And it has to be time-bound. If you say, oh, I just want to save money, when, how, and how much, you'll never have money saved. But if you set a deadline for yourself, that gives you a place and a sense of urgency to help you stay on track towards that goal. If you need help writing SMART goals, because maybe you haven't had to write goals in this way for a while, stop by DarlaBishop.com to grab one of the worksheets. Welcome back from the break. So as you're working on your goals, it's actually super important that you change your habits around how you do money. And it's helpful to have a few phrases in your brain, sometimes called mantras, to help you reprogram your thoughts and feelings to get your brain fully on board with this money management thing. So why does this matter? Why does it matter how we talk to ourselves? Well, the immensely wise India R.E. said in her song, get it together. The words that come from your mouth, you're the first to hear. What this means is that in order to change your mind, we have to change your language. This is where the money mantras come in. Here are a few of my favorite mantras. Money is fun. (laughs) I know it's simple, but let me tell you why. People say I have a weird idea of fun, but hear me out. This one is great because money is fun when you have more than enough to meet your needs. 
So if your relationship with money has been less fun than, say, getting a package from Amazon you forgot you ordered, then let's change that. Money is fun. Say it. Say it out loud. I can't hear you, but if you don't do it, it doesn't work. Money is fun. Okay. The next one might earn me some mean tweets. It's fine. I need more followers, so come on and tweet me. Or wait, it's X now. Anyway, it's not in my budget. Yes. Yes, I know. But let me tell you why this one worked. It's not in my budget works and is so good because you are taking control over where your money goes, whether it's going in or out of your bank account. Being able to pull out this is not in my budget signals to the people around you that you have goals, you're working a plan, and that you are focused. And so you're saying it's not in my budget is really different and an important replacement for I'm broke, I can't afford it. And other phrases you might be using to decline an invitation or decide against a purchase, right? So decreasing the number of times you say I'm broke will actually help you be less broke. You don't believe me? Go on YouTube. Like and subscribe, my underscore finances. Okay, and then after you do that, look up The Secret. This documentary explains in detail how the law of attraction works if you don't know how the law of attraction works. So again, stop saying I'm broke and instead take control and say, it's not in my budget. And you can even put a little spice on it. That's not in my budget. Try it this way. Ooh, that's not in my budget, but thank you. See, see, this one is really fun, I told you. Okay, next one. I'd rather be tired than broke. Now, this one requires some context because I'm in a place in my life now where luckily I don't have to work the three or four jobs at a time to make my money situation work. But when I did and people would say stuff like, man, you're working so hard and you look so tired, I'd respond with a quick, well, I'd rather be tired than broke and move on to my next job because I was probably running late. This was super helpful in keeping me focused on my financial goals and taught people to find something else to say to me when they saw me. I was on my way to work and you look tired, right? Like who's tired now? Still me, but for different reasons and I have money in the bank. Okay, story time. A few weeks back, a Facebook memory from college came up where one of my friends had invited me to a party or something and I couldn't go. So they posted on my mom. Will Miss Moneybags, Darla. Miss, I have six jobs because you guessed it, she's going to be at work. I had told everyone my goals so much that my friends would reinforce them with me, even if they did it with an eye roll. We know you are saving for this. We know you're trying to pay off your credit card. We know you want to buy a car before we graduate. Do you understand the power of starting to say something like, sorry, I can't make it? And the person even annoyingly says, we know your budget. We know your goals. That's all energy that's helping you with your goals because they'll remind you even when you're not looking for them to remind you. Do you have any money mantras that you're going to add to your list? Are there any that you're going to retire? Let me know on socials. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to episode one in this series on money management. I sincerely hope I've piqued your interest enough to listen to the rest of the series and more importantly, order the book. You can find more information at DarlaBishop.com. Don't forget the discount code Halloween50 to get a discount on your pre-order. Go to DarlaBishop.com. In our next episode, we're going to get into some real money talk about spending. I hope you'll join me. Last word. Remember, budget is not a bad word. It's actually your passport to a financially stable life 
where you experience ease and joy more frequently. See you later.